The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. What is up, my beautiful people? This is the Bear of Texas. Welcome to another edition of Into the Net FC the Soccer Talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. Today I have a special guest, and quite frankly, it's about time that he's on the show because he's got a unique soccer knowledge and mentality. The dude has passion for the sport like I do. Views are his own, and if you don't like them too bad, ladies and gentlemen, Sal from Field Talk Podcast. What's going on, Sal? Not much, man. Thank you for having me on, Alex. It's, it's been a while coming, like you said. It's an honor, and, and and quite frankly, you're the perfect guy to have on because it seems like what has just been going on in the last few hours, a crisis involving this European Super League, I mean, it's all over Twitter, it's all over social media, people are going to the point where soccer is ruined forever, some people are actually in favor of this, I mean, I mean a war is going on already, the war has already started. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's been a while coming for for some of these clubs. I mean, I'm I'm surprised that the clubs with larger history are deciding to jump in, but at the same time, I'm not surprised by any of it. Really, and you know, so far, you know, what just stuns me is that the threat that clubs that are involved in this, all the players from those clubs, they face being banned from representing their international uh, countries, and I think that's going too far. I mean, this is. This risk damaging the image of the FIFA World Cup. No, yeah, I mean it. From the Premier League side, which we cover a lot on on Field Talk, there's already talk from from the Premier League side that all clubs that the clubs that are deciding to join will will start off from the fifth tier of English football. So that probably is the the harshest punishment right now that I've seen. I mean, honestly, I, I feel like that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's beyond ridiculous, honestly, and but. As I said earlier, it, UEFA had this coming. There's there's changes that they want to make, and I'm trying to trying to find the changes here in, in show notes that I have. But it just ah. <laughs> well, it's you know according to a statement that you actually shared, you know 
it said it does state that FIFA apparently isn't really planning on punishing these 12 clubs. So it, it seems like maybe this whole thing was taken out of context. Maybe the story got twisted before things were confirmed. I mean, there was even rumors that the Champions League and Europa League had been suspended indefinitely. But looking at that, like, no, those are stories from last year. Yeah, I mean, right now, I'm, let me pull up the, the message from FIFA because it, it really is telling right now. And I'll, and I'll read it word by word. So this is a statement that FIFA sent out. In a view of several media requests, and as already as already slated several times, FIFA wishes to clarify that it stands firm in favor of solidarity in football and an equitable res, re, redistribution model, which can develop football as a sport, particularly at a global level, since the, the development of global football is the primary mission of FIFA. In our view and in accordance with our status, any football competition, whether national, regional, or global, should always reflect the core principles of solidarity, inclusivity, integrity, and equitable financial redistribution. Moreover, the governing bodies of football should employ all lawful sporting and diplomatic means to ensure this remains the case. Against this background, FIFA can only express its disapproval to a closed European breakaway league outside of the international football structures and not respecting the aforementioned principles. FIFA always stands for unity in a world football and calls on all parties involved in heated discussions to engage in calm, constructed and balanced dialogue for the good of the game in the spirit of solidarity and fair play. FIFA will, of course, do whatever necessary to contribute to the harmonized way forward in the interest of football. So that certainly takes care of that. So I guess really it's true. I mean, things have certainly gone completely out of control. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, there's already been a meeting in which Edwin Van Dessar was the head of that meeting and Bayern was there, PSG was there, and that was basically to, to say that, hey, we're unified in European football, we're not contributing to, to these big clubs that are starting their own league, but at the same time, these these teams are trying to create an equivalent of, say, MLS or NBA or NFL, and I understand it because the money is there, it's there to be pumped in. The fans want to see it as much as fans say it, they're ruining the game. And I'm playing devil's advocate here. But if there's money within it, you're going to see fans wanting to go see their favorite players. And we don't know any of the structure yet. We don't know the structure of any of this yet. I mean, for all we know that this could be these teams holding UEFA hostage. And at the end of the day, they get what they want from UEFA. And then it all goes away. And we don't hear about this ever again until probably... Another 5, 10, maybe 20 years from now when they want other changes to be made. So I think right now there's a bunch of hoobalaw going around and it makes for a great uh, wrestling storyline going down to your other podcast that you do as well. So this is kind of kind of hilarious in one part. It's like a storyline. It's, it's like a, these baby faces revolting against Mr. McMahon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but what people seem to have to understand, like, this whole thing is a proposal, and I think that that's the key word. It's, it's, uh, it's been proposed. Nothing has been confirmed 100%. I mean, like, what's supposedly been confirmed is 12 clubs, three from La Liga and three from um, Serie A, and I think six from uh, the Premier League, all have actually announced. This. Okay, he says here that the uh, formation of the league has been announced. announced excuse me. I'm not entirely sure about the whole thing announced. I, I think it's a concept that's been proposed. They've announced that they, they're coming up with different ideas. You know, I, I, again, everything is just running to dead end to dead end. Like, nothing's really... Like, there's a lot of things we just don't know. 
I mean, they already have the board of directors. So Fiorentino Perez, who is in charge of Real Madrid, is the man in charge of all of this. And then we have one of the Glazers, who are owners of Real Madrid, also being part of that board. And then Agnelli, who is part of Juventus, has resigned his position within UEFA and now is part of this board. So there's the change. It's coming within every minute, within every hour. We're getting something going on. But is it re- I, I just think it's it, it's all talk right now and really I don't know what to believe going forward but what I can say is that the fans should just calm down and wait until we have a very like sort of clear picture of all this because at this point here's another message from UEFA they will sue every club participating 50 to 60 billion euros which once you make the the transition of dollars, it just becomes a crazy amount of money. So there's money to be made for everybody. Everybody gets a piece. Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, in that case, I mean, really, what's the problem? I mean, from a certain perspective, a lot of times there are, there are fans of local, of certain clubs, they want to see their club fight big opponents. Like there's some soccer fans that don't like seeing their club fight a small club. It's like, uh, you know, the top, you know, the number one guy in wrestling who, who's facing jobbers every week, especially if he's already over. I mean, you have to be a wrestling fan to kind of understand what I'm saying, but, you know, it, it's like that. Like, a, a lot of uh, PSG supporters, I mean, especially me, since I'm a strong supporter of Kylian Mbappe, what worries me is that if he scores a hat trick against a small French club that 80% of the soccer world has never heard of, you know, I would ask myself, well, I want to see him do that against the big clubs. I want to see Mbappe score hat tricks against Chelsea against Tottenham, against Manchester United, against Barcelona. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's why yeah, yeah. I, I would be in favor. I mean, as far as the Super League goes, if it brings serious competition and it's very popular, like it gives something, it gives the supporters something new, but see serious competition to really get the stock back up, to motivate players to be even better, that could actually impact the World Cup in a better way. Like if these French players are playing against these huge teams playing good, France would have a better chance of winning the World Cup again, I mean, it would eliminate the mental- the arrogant mentality that the French national team is notorious for having. It would certainly change winning mentalities. Yeah, and honestly, uh, Tony Kroos came out with a statement, and I'm trying to find the statement, but he basically he basically ripped on UEFA saying that, what about us, the players? We, we play midweek feature- fixtures, we play our league fixtures, and not only that, you make us play, in Real Madrid's case, the Spanish Supercopa or whatever it's called in Saudi Arabia, you make us play this cup in America, you make us play all of these competitions when we don't really want to play all these competitions. We want to have just a centralized competition besides our own league and just play those. There is no need for some of these stupid trophies that ha- that make no sense. Exactly. It seems to me that Tony Cruz is standing up for the boys. Yeah, and, and I... You know, and, and another thing that, that's come out of this that I really do think is a big part, I think the players want to unionize, right? Whereas we're here in MLS, our players are unionized. I think they want to do in Europe a union where they're going to have a say and actually have a, a piece of the pie. They want some of that money as well. I mean, I'm not sure as far as unionized goes, uh, you know, because, you know, me being a, a wrestling fan, there's been, you know, all these talk about unionizing in pro wrestling, but... But that's a different case because I would always say, well, in wrestling, it's the top draw that gets the best money. You know, and obviously in soccer, you know, it's you know, sometimes I would say, well, it's not based on the popularity. It's based on the skills. 
I mean, yeah, if you're so popular, the fans, the fans are going to pay to see you, but... But really, I feel like Tony Cruz is like, well, we've been doing what you guys have been wanting to do for so long. Why don't you? Why don't you let us for once do something? And like you said, these small domestic tournaments. I mean, I mean, do people really pay attention to them? I mean, like the one you just mentioned, like the Coupe de France or all these other ones. You know, like I would ask, like, well, do people actually pay attention? Do people actually tune in to watch them? Some definitely do, but the the percentage, I would say, it's not high. So, yeah, eliminate these worthless tournaments that have nobody's interest. Like, keep, like, you know, find a way to keep the eyes on the screen. Like, keep put, putting the butts in the seats. And keep putting these popular competitions to where fans just keep coming out for more and more and more. I mean, if you think the money you can make immediately is good, just imagine how, how much money you can make in five years from now. Yeah, and so basically the format for this Super League comes down to 20 participating clubs with 15 founding clubs. We have 12 right now and a qualifying mechanism for a further five teams to qualify annually based on achievements to the prior season. So everything is based on merits. It's based on what clubs can do. So in total, you're going to have 25 clubs competing. And not only that, midweek fixtures for all these clubs will continue in their own nations, right? Disturbing no calendar. So the calendars will stay intact. They just want a way to play a competition where they're going to play the best of the best and also get the rest they deserve. Exactly. So it really seems that, you know, these players are really taking a stand for themselves. Uh, but as far, you know, according to some of the research I've done, French President Emmanuel Macron and British Prime Minister Boris Johnson have both ex- expressed uh, opposition to the plan. I mean, even the French Football Federation, as well as the French Professional League, has released a statement that they are not in favor of this proposal. It, and, and, I, and I'd be confused. I'm like, you, you know, it's bad enough that the French fo- professional league for so long has been viewed as, you know, a farmer's league because, you know, lately it's been PSG that's been the dominant team and all these all these other clubs. Like, like there's really been no competition for the league on title. You know, and, and it hasn't always been like this. That's the sad part because, you know, my dad would tell me, like, back in the 80s and the early 90s, I mean, there was a time, especially in the early 2000s, League 1, was heavy, was heavy competition. Like, there was a time where Marseille was the top club. Monaco was also the top club. And that was during that time where PSG was nothing. Yeah, I remember I remember in the early 2000s when I was watching the game, when I was first getting, really getting invested in the game, I remember Marseille just being one of those top clubs. I remember Lyon, Juninho, just being a monster in that league. It's just, you saw clubs fighting for that league title. And yet, as you said, PSG didn't actually come up until the Saudi takeover. But even then, I mean... It, it, it's not a farmer's league. People have to realize that this is a league where where other clubs come in and take the best players. It's a it's a league filled with amazing players, and I can say that about any league. But it, what what the Super League is trying to really do is, is give the players a chance to show off, and not only and not to play against, like you said, these lower oppositions. I don't want to see, like you said, Mbappe score against. Man, I'm trying to figure out a, a lower the lower team in Liga and uh, League One. Let's see, uh, Rens? How's Rens doing right now? Nothing. Right. So I don't want to see him score five against Rens. I'd rather see him score two against Chelsea in a seven to five thriller. Right. I mean yeah. that that's more interesting than than PSG going down, beating the club five nil, six nil, and just womp womp. We're here bored. Exactly. 
You know, it's like you you want to see main event caliber games. Like you want to see high profile games, like games where so much is at stake, where people are going to tune in. Like you know, money is going to be made in, in every single category. So here's more about it. Um, an August start date with clubs participating. Two groups of ten playing home and away fixtures, with the top three in each group automatically qualifying for quarterfinals. Team finishing fourth and fifth will then compete in a two-legged playoff for the remaining quarterfinal positions. A two-leg knockout format will be used to reach the final at the end of May, which will be staged at a single fixture at a neutral venue. So this is basically the Champions League, but we're getting rid of a lot of the congestion that takes place with the group stages. It, it really seems like th- this is just an, a proposal to, to introduce a new era of soccer because it just continues to expand and people are getting, you know, more and more people are being introduced to the sports. So they got to take things to the next level. You know, and, and speaking yeah. of Tony, Tony Cruz, I mean, Tony Cruz is already unhappy about Qatar being in the World Cup. I mean, I'll be honest, if, if these players are upset about these about a country that has human rights violation uh, hosting the World Cup, like, dude, how long has it been like that? I mean, every single country is, every single country that's hosted this tournament has a history of bad history. So, so all of a sudden, yeah. these, play, these players are, are, are want to protest, like they don't want to go to Qatar because of the human rights violations. I mean, come on. I mean, if, you know, Russia, Brazil, South Africa. I mean, what about these countries? Like, did you feel that? Did you feel that way back then? Exactly. And to uh, to be honest, I don't think UEFA can actually hold these players back from going to go play. It's FIFA ultimately that decides everything. And if FIFA says, hey, let them play their Super League, it's not infringing on the game, it's game, it's creating more money for us, then so be it. But honestly, players, God, I have so much to say about some of these players talking about human rights violations and everything, and that, that's, that's just for another show probably. See, and I like how you said, like, how Tony Cruz is unhappy with the plans with, with for your for the uh, European Super League. Like like you said, he claims that the UEFA is trying to suck everything out of players. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, and... I mean you know, based on how you said although it says here that he blasts uh, the European Super League idea, so I'm not I'm not exactly sure where, like, what your source, like, exactly said, but, you know, I, I'm not sure, like, like exactly how, as far as Tony Cruz goes, but, you know, I'm sure all these players, they have their opinions on the whole thing. Yeah, and I, I i mean, at the end of the day, to be fair, I actually would want to see this league happen in a way because of so much. And, and and it's just basically from from how we are here with American sports. I love seeing the top teams play the top teams over and over and over and over again. It makes it for fun, interesting. But not only that, if it gets rid of this FFP, financial fair play rule that's there, which says that, you know, you can't buy a certain player or else you'll get taxed or you'll get axed from Champions League after a certain time, then what's the point, really? If Real Madrid want to spend $200 million on Mbappe, let them spend $200 million on Mbappe. If PSG or whoever, Man City, wants to spend $300 million on Holland, let them spend $300 million on Holland. It, it all depends on the club. And some of these clubs, they create revenues that are beyond what we can comprehend. And... I remember having a conversation with, with an official from a club, and I don't want to actually say his name since he told me in, in private, but the top six clubs in England have enough revenue that they can sustain themselves for at least six to ten years without fans in the stadium. What does that really say about them? How, what, how deep does their war chest go? 
right? It's like, let them buy the players, and if the team's under them suffer, then, well, I mean, they suffer. You just got to be creative about it. Exactly. Yeah, and I, and I just want to clarify, yeah, Cruz is actually, uh, he's criticized the whole thing, and he said it's the whole thing's been created to suck out as much money as possible, and he kind of said when certain things work well, it is a good idea to leave him at that, to leave him that way. I mean, yeah, but like you said, you know, he's standing up for the boys, but, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of players probably are not unhappy about it now, but if they get a better idea on the whole thing, then they might change their mind. Yeah, I, I, I'm just waiting to hear from the players. The players are what's important to me at the end of the day. If, they, if they're if they for this, then honestly, let them play for however they want to play, right? It's Without them, what do we have? Do we really want to see Ronaldo, Messi, Haaland, Mbappe, Neymar, the big names say, you know what, fuck it. We don't want to play the game because they're not letting us play how we want. So we're just going to let you guys watch B-tier players play. Is that really what, what the fans want, what we want? No. Is that is that really what FIFA wants or UEFA? Is that really what they want? The top, you know, the biggest, most popular names protesting, not wanting to play, all because of corruption, greed, and just you know, selfishness. I mean, what both sides need to do is work out a plan. If if agreements if if agreements can't be made, then the whole thing should be abandoned and things should stay normal. I mean, at the end of the day, before it goes out of hand, you know, don't make the changes. If changes are not necessary, if if talking about after a while it seems like it's not going to work out, then abandon it. Just go. Just keep the way things were. I mean, it's not that. It's it's really not that difficult to understand. I mean, that's why for me, I'm I'm not I'm not convinced. I I don't know if I'm if I'm convinced whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. Again, like these are all just proposals. These are all just reports. Like we we don't know. Yeah, and there's so much information coming from every source, and I'm trying to really grab. Because I trust Gabriel Marcotti, who does a lot for ESPN, Ref Hodgenstein, who does The Athletic, and then others. They're all giving different kinds of information, and who knows where where it really is going to be. Some are saying it creates an imbalance. Some saying it creates more balance. Revenues will be two to three times higher. Oh, you're going to see loss of revenues. Look, we don't know anything, and it's just an overreaction right now by tons of people, and the media is not really fueling, <laughs> it's fueling all of it. So, people got to take a step back right now. Most certainly. At the end of the day, um, are you leaning more on the fact that it's good, it's going to work out, or like, how are you like sold out on it so far? I, I'm, I'll play devil's advocate in that, and I said, and I said it a little earlier, is that I, I like the idea. I like the idea because I want to see the best of the best compete. And this is them trying to create their own Champions League. That's all it is. And I, I sometimes these group stages in the Champions League, I, I can't get over. I don't want to see Shakhtar Donetsk play PSG or Manchester United where they get ripped apart by some of these teams. And yes, the magic in the Champions League is that sometimes these smaller clubs do make it out. But how often do they really make it out? And it's just, I'd rather see a PSG versus a Bayern again and have what we just had come out or maybe have a Chelsea and an Arsenal play against each other in which the Champions League rules don't let them really play against each other because they don't want teams from the same basically federation or wherever you want to call it compete against each other which is stupid in my opinion again I want to see something go through like this and if 
this is just a ploy by these clubs to get UEFA to say, all right, have it your way. Here you go. I'm all for them. It's like you said. I mean, at the end of the day, if it's a if it's a convincing and very profitable profitable situation, and if the snowball gets bigger, then then do it. I mean, yeah, and, and yeah, go for it. And especially like like I said, if if clubs and everybody's going to profit out of it, and you know, like I said, if if you think the money you're making now is good, just just wait. How it it, it can only get better. Because like I said, I mean, you know, people grow tired of seeing, seeing big clubs go against small clubs. I mean, I know I do. I mean, do, you re- do I really enjoy seeing Real Madrid go against a small Ukrainian club? I mean, even though, uh, like, you know, Real Madrid really has been their best. I mean, the last thing I want to talk about before I let you go is, like, you know, about the Super League, like, who would be the favorites? But, but really, at the end of the day, I mean, what I'm in favor of is giving us something new, something to, to not get bored because people do get bored out of those matches, and they and, and they don't watch it anymore, and that's that's a money losing situation. Like everybody, the clubs, FIFA, UEFA, they all have to be in a situation where money is made and not being lost. So so that's the overall, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and let me go because I mentioned Project Big Picture when I started this, and that was that was something pr- proposed to in the Premier League, and this all came out of the whole COVID situation where the top six clubs would basically have control of the Premier League, right? Of how it goes and how it says. But the revenue that they had would snowball into the lower clubs so that no club would lose money. Everyone would have some kind of money in the bank. And this is basically the best idea you can get out of it. These big clubs are making tons of money, billions of dollars, throw some of it down towards the bottom these clubs then have a chance to buy players, and not only that, competition starts growing. Yes, the bigger clubs are always going to have the superstars, but then you'll have stars like a Jamie Vardy or whoever you have in these middle-tier clubs make names for themselves as well because of the snowball effect. And isn't that what we really all want to see? Exactly. You want to see things just get better. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway... So all these teams that are supposedly in, like the the, the six uh, great powers out of the Premier League, along with you know three uh, out of Barcelona, uh, th- excuse me, three out of La Liga's best and three out of Serie A's best. Like so, if it, I mean, if this is, I mean, this is supposedly uh, it, right now. It says it's not set to start in the 2023-2024 season, but I would say like if this were to start like soon, I would say well you can rule out Manchester United as being a favorite. Yeah, as much as it could, pains me to say, because you know, man, use my club. And same with Arsenal, which is my club. I mean, they're they're not going to be the ones that we're going to be <laughs> be rooting for. But hey, if, if it means that they that they get money from joining and they can go out and buy big league players, then why not? I'd rather see United and Arsenal have money to spend, extra money, go and buy players they want, Sancho's, Hakimi's, right, and and compete, really compete like in the old days. You know, and I should say, like, and, and the fact that we've mentioned it's a huge money-making opportunity that only gets better. If that's truly the case, like, why would P- why would the PSG ownership back out of this? Right? Yeah, that's exactly my question as well. And also, the Bayern ownership. Why does Bayern want out as well if it's so much money? But I also get that Germany has their own system of how money is distributed and how players are bought. But still, just the money that goes into it and... This is kind of why Hansi Flick resigned because of Bayern doing money deals, shady shit behind. And here Bayern are saying, no, 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 we don't want to join this kind of shady, shady business. Yeah, 
I mean, like I said, see, now as we're talking more, I'm starting to figure maybe maybe this could work out after all. But if that's the case, but we, again, we really don't know the confirmed intentions. But, you know, if, if, these, if, the, if you're going to make a lot of money and it doesn't require you to invest as much as your uh, out of your own pocket, then do it. I mean... You can, I mean, PSG, uh, PSG is already doing well as far as money goes, but th- but this thing, you know, has the potential of just putting even more and more and more money in your pocket, and all you gotta do is just be part of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and then, like I said, we we only have twelve clubs. Who are the the other what eight, five, thirteen clubs that are gonna join this? You said there's twenty five total, right? Twenty five total, yeah. Okay. So who? I mean, how much money are they gonna get out of it? Also. I mean, yeah, and the fact that you have to, I mean, the fact that you have to, I mean, I'm not sure how the qualification goes, like, do you have to be selected, or do you actually have to go through a, tur- like, a, a face to actually qualify? I mean, they said it was by merit, so I assume it would go by, by how you finish in your league, so. Okay, I mean, at, at least there's a way, because I'm not in favor of just handing a, a, a club a spot. You know, well, as, as far as the top, you know, the, the top superpowers, you know, being in there, I mean, I guess you might as well just put them in, and. And then, you know, have the rest go in. Because, you know, if, if they started this club, then I guess, well, if they started the club, then they have automatic, unlimited uh, membership, right? Yeah. But but going back to the favorites, I, you can definitely rule out, unfortunately, our clubs are will be out. Real Madrid could have the potential, but Real Madrid is, they're showing signs of their old self. If, if they somehow, and I, I honestly believe Real Madrid could win the entire tournament. I honestly believe it could be PSG and Real Madrid in the final. I mean, that would be huge. And you know it, it would it would tear me apart because you know I love Mbappe, but Zidane is my hero. So if it's Real Madrid and PSG in the, in the Champions League final, I love you Mbappe, but Zidane. I mean Zidane is like the reason why you and I were both here. So, <laughs> but but anyway, at the end of the day, you know I love I respect both clubs. I just want to see a great game and and you know as far as I'm concerned, I would say well if PSG goes to the final and PSG loses. That convinces me more that Mbappe is gonna finally crack and say, "I don't want to be here anymore. I want to. I want to go." I mean, I, I mean, yeah. I, I'm already at the point where I think he should already be away, but but the, you know, the COVID had to delay it. But but as far as I'm concerned, like now we're talking about, we keep getting off topic. But the true favorite, I would say, I mean, if this started today, I would say Manchester City has got to be considered the, the top favorite. We can rule Barcelona out as well, and Atletico has potential, but Atletico is really. You just you, they're unpredictable. You don't know what to expect out of them. Although I, I think they they're in fa- you know they kind of have the La Liga title back in their grasp right now because Real Madrid couldn't win today. But yeah, I mean same thing with Liverpool. I mean Liverpool just really has not been good this year. The injuries and you know you know everything that that's been going on. So I think Manchester City may arguably just be the, be the the hands on realistic favorite. It's it's them and I would say Inter because I I really do think Inter. Inter just failed miserably in their European conquest. But if you watch them play in Serie A, they, you know, week in and week out, and I do, I watch Serie A a lot. They're, they're just a club that's fun to watch, and Lukaku's in form, that backline is in form, just every, everything about the club. So I would either give it to, to City or Inter, and then after that, yeah, Atletico probably third, because Atleti is like throwing darts at a board. You don't know when, when they'll score five or when they're just going to lay a dud and, and not even score at all. Exactly, and as far as Inter Milan goes, uh, I think they're, they're on their way to winning their first uh, Serie A title in ten years. And last time they won the Serie A title, they won the Champions League. They beat Bayern Munich two nothing in the final. Yeah, the the magic of Jose Mourinho. I mean, it's just it shows how much 
how much the man actually meant to that club and how far the club has fallen, really. And as, as, far, as far as Jose Mourinho goes, well, I mean, the last, the whole thing with him as of late, really, just, I mean, I, I, I really, I really don't know what's going on. I mean, some could say it's the ego, it's the arrogance. I'm like, we, okay, I mean, he's definitely arrogant, but you know, with with his success, I mean, he he has the right to be. I mean, his success can't be ignored, but. You know, and it's sad, you know. Tottenham at one point was the best club in in, in England, and and that didn't last long. So, yeah. So at the you end, know, of, it, I, I expect Mourinho to get sacked at the end of this season. No, no, I don't expect it. I, I one more year. I expect one more year out of him, and it's just. And then after that, he'll probably be sacked halfway through the season. I think it's just he he has so much more to offer, but I think it's time for him to leave England. It's it's really time for him to to go back either to Italy or. Find a club in Spain, or even hey, come to MLS. I think America needs Jose Mourinho as much as Jose Mourinho needs a change. I mean, he would definitely have a lot of success here. But but to wrap it up, so so you know, as you said, you mentioned you're you play devil's advocate. I mean, keep in mind, folks. I mean, Sal's opinion are his own, and if you don't like them, well, too bad, right? So yeah, as I say on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so you are totally in favor of, of this whole concept. Yeah, I mean, let, let's go. Let's see how it works out. I mean, I, I, I get it. I'm, I should be looking back at Arsenal's history. I'm a fan, but it's like we our history so far hasn't been really good. And not only that, maybe this way we'll get more money into the pockets for ownership to spend. And I just, I just want to see good football. I want to see good soccer. I just, I want to see the best of the best competing. And that really, at the end of the day, is my biggest want. See and see and for me like like I said I, I'm not sold on it completely because I haven't I haven't learned enough. I mean, it's not what I'm saying. Like you know, it's like you know I just haven't learned enough. Like you know, I I need to know everything and I need to know everything before I can make the decision. Like you know, you gotta be known. But but based on how you say, it, if that's the situation, then I'm all for it. Like again, no, it's it's a money market money making opportunity that's only gonna get better. Clubs are gonna grow out of it. They're gonna profit out of it. You can buy better players. You can. You know, invest. You know, in deals and things, things like that. So, what is there to think about, really? Yeah, and what what a lot of fans aren't aren't taking also into account is TV rights. It's like sponsorship money. It's just so much that's going to be offered into it. And really, at the end of the day, it it will benefit us in a way that may, maybe not to get into the stadium, maybe tickets go up higher in price, but. Isn't it worth an extra couple dollars or twenty to thirty bucks to say, "Hey, I'm going to see Ronaldo play against Lewandowski every week," or Messi go up against Mbappe? Or right, it, it's worth the price of admission just to go to see these big players play, and that's what I want. That's what you want. That's what everybody wants. Yeah, or seeing uh, Vinicius Junior go against Kylian Mbappe. You know, it's like this. You see the young prospects who the future of the sport. Going at it, you know, when they're young. I mean, if you think what you see now is good, just wait till those dudes are in their prime. Yeah. See, more there's more yeah, things like more more po- more potential situations. So really, you just give another reason. What is there to think about? If you think what is what happens is good now, just wait till it is five to ten years from now. Let me give another example. Dortmund are just are hanging, clinging on to, trying to cling on, trying to get into that European spot somehow. Does that mean if they don't, we're going to miss not having Holland compete in European football for a year? What what is that? I don't want to see I don't want to see Holland not play European. I want to see him go up and face Mbappe because that's 
our new Messi and our new Ronaldo basically coming up, right? Yes, amen to that, that. brother. Amen to that. Like, I want to see Howland play like play highly competitive. You know, like no the uh, the German league, the Bundesliga. You know, I'm not as as far as competition goes. I mean, I just know that right now it's Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich that are the top clubs, but. Yeah, but, but still, exactly. Like, you want to see the, t- the the best players play in heavy competition because when they're in dull competition, there's the lack of excitement. Because like, like I said, yeah, you see him, okay, he scored a hat-trick against a small club, but I want to see him do that against a big club. That's, see, I'm a sports writer. Like, that gives stories. He does this against a huge club. That's a story right there. Because if I say that he did it against a small club, I mean, that's a story too. But it's really not much to talk about. Like, imagine he scores a hat-trick against Real Madrid. He's the first player in 50 years to do it. Those those are the facts that people were looking for. Like people want to be enlightened. Exactly, and let me let's let's take. I'm gonna take it back as an Arsenal fan. You know, Arsenal were the first club to beat Real Madrid inside the Bernabeu, and this is back in 2005, 2006, right? That that that's big news. That is big news. Back when they went and they did that, they beat Inter in the San Siro that same year. It's like we want that. We want those type of games because that excites us. Exactly. We don't want. Oh, you know, oh, here comes Inter. They went to some Russian backwater fucking team and they, they beat them 10 to nil. Like, why? Why? That's not interesting to us. I mean. Exactly. Anyway, Into the Net FC, folks, is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Sal, I want to thank you very, very much for hopping on my show today. It was an honor to have you on, and I really hope to have you back again soon. No, thank you for having me. I, you know, I've been wanting to come on. You know, I'm listening every week to when you guys put out for this show, and then also wrestling with the bear. I mean, you're doing a great job, my friend. Well, I really appreciate your support, and I just want you to know, and I'm sure I've told you I love your show. And if you ever would like to have me on, it would be an honor to be on. Oh, for sure, we will have you on pretty soon. Really, you know, we got. Peel talk just my man Jay on there. My brother from another mother. He's a big Manchester United fan, so you know. Great to have. It would be great to have both of you on discussing United. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much, everybody. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.